0: Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments.
1: Hi, I'm here with the director of Volunteer Network OC, Maria Galasso. Yes, we brought her back because we love them and we're getting more and more involved with the awesome work they do and we'll be at their upcoming event. So Maria, happy to have you here.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Kim. Thanks so much for your support. Um, I just wanna let everyone know that Volunteer Network OC brings volunteers together with nonprofit organizations in Orange County, helping individuals and families in extreme poverty or experiencing homelessness. We have a free app available at Google Play or the App Store, and all you have to do is download the app, register, search events, and with one click, you're signed up and ready to volunteer.
1: Yeah. And it's so easy if you want to just do an hour a month or you want to do up to like 30 hours a month, the app makes it really easy to go and do that. And then what about the upcoming golf tournament, which stars the celebrity guest Craig Shoemaker, who was on our show and we, our podcast will be there as
2: well. Oh, we're so happy you're gonna be joining us that day. So on July 27th, we'll be hosting our first annual golf challenge, par for the cause at Strawberry Farms in Irvine. And we're so excited to be partnering with another great nonprofit organization, the Power of One Foundation. And if you don't golf, no problem. As you mentioned, we're gonna be hosting an incredible community outreach event, which includes lunch and the amazing comedian Craig Shoemaker.
1: Awesome. And then raffle and silent auction too, right?
2: Oh, yes. We'll be having an online auction and also some raffle items and these really special items. It's just going to be a really amazing day.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm excited and I know you are. And thanks for being here. And don't forget everyone to download the Voluntary Network app. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim. Hi, Eden. Hi, Kim. How's it going? Awesome. Everything is great. Um, definitely saddened by a lot of the stuff going on in the world for mm-hmm. sure. Um, just yeah. want to send a lot of light and prayers and a reminder to everyone to not hold back on sharing your light and saying words of kindness whenever you can and reaching out for help. If you're feeling strange, uneasy, scared, anything at all, um, we can even send you resources if you connect with us as well. So uh, that's really important to mention. And then also just a reminder that we will be in July at the volunteer network. OC golf tournament will be appearing there and interviewing and Craig Shoemaker will be there. And so just go on their website and click on the red banner to find out how you can attend as well. So we're going to jump right in. We're so excited because it is Prince's birthday week mm-hmm. and so that's very special to so many people. I'm getting chills. How old would he have been? Um, I think he would have been 62, 62, 62. Yeah.
3: yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he's yeah. 10 years older than
1: me.
3: Wait <laughs> a minute. He,
1: so when he passed, he was 57, but he was about to be 58. So right. 17, 18, 20. No. So I think he would have been 64, Um, we'll have to check that, but I think it would be 64. Um,
0: yeah, we got to get that right.
1: Yeah. Um, but we'll jump right in. We have a special guest that, um, not only is talented and amazing in her own right. And I was reading a lot about her and was just like, whoa, she's such a well-rounded, fascinating person, but she also worked with Prince for 20 plus years in, in many different aspects. So I'm going to tell you about her. And we don't usually read that many people's bios, but hers is so interesting. I want to make sure we do. <laughs> so, um, with multiple projects at the age of 15, Elisa Fiorillo won the 1985 Star Search Talent Show. I used to watch every episode. I Eden, did, too. Oh, right? yeah,
0: I did. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I voted for you.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, In 1987, she was signed to Chrysalis Records. She first performed the song Jackie on the Summer School soundtrack, another movie I love, and Mm -hmm. caught the eye of John Jellybean Benitez, who asked her to be the lead vocalist on two songs on his 1987 album, Just Visiting This Planet. One of the songs, which this one I also totally remember, Who Found Who, was a hit worldwide, reaching the top 20 in many countries, in addition to being a great club success. At the same time, Fiorillo released herself t- titled Debut Album that she promoted with the help of the pop single How Can I Forget You. This did not achieve the same success. She released her second album, I Am, in 1990, recorded at Prince's Paisley Park Recording Studio oh. after she had contributed <laughs> as a backing vocalist to Graffiti Bridge and Batman. Several songs from the album were produced and written by Prince. The album included the single On the Way Up, which was the top 30 hit in the U.S. and top 20 in Australia. And she also appeared on Prince's album Diamonds and Pearls, being the backing vocalist on two songs. Throughout the 90s, Fiorillo mainly worked as a backing singer. She sang backup for Savage Garden... Uh, Billy Myers among others as a lead singer she's appeared on Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater singing Don't Be Afraid and she did a duet with Savage Garden frontman Darren Hayes titled Right Dead Back On It Prince performed for three consecutive nights March 25th through 27th 2009 on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno I know them them two were just like tight and would play jokes on each other <laughs> no, yeah. um, and she performed as one of Prince's backing vocalists on two of the two of the three or two of those shows she became a member of npg and in 2009 and in 2010 went on a world tour with prince playing in sold out shows across europe she continued to work with him until his transition in 2016. she's continued to release her own music her album in 2007 entitled labor of love is available on her website and she turned to her musical direction towards jazz in the 2000s, using her married name, Deese, Fiorilla partnered with Nashville-based guitarist Tyler Reese in 2013 to form a musical duo called the Deese and Reese Project. Love it. Their debut album was produced by Jeff Silverman, who'd worked with Rick Springfield, and released that album in 2014. And this part was really, I thought, was amazing. It says that it's composed of 12 original songs inspired by Elisa's life experiencing, experiences addressing subjects faith self-awareness food addiction domestic violence and motherhood which all we cover all of those things and just that's Mm -hmm. what we're all about and as well as singing she's directed a few tv series and she's currently working on multiple projects and has an album coming soon in 2021 with all original material co-written with Bo carlos alorza so wow whoa wow. too much
3: i think i need a nap <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was watching at least i was watching your just your um facial expressions when she, she was reading that i feel like i feel like you were you seemed like you were so proud of yourself
3: well more shocked that i've done all that stuff I'm sitting here going wow I, re- I did do that i did do that right yeah that's pride and the, and the sad thing is, is my album did not come out in 2021. We're still working on it and it's going to come out hopefully in 2022, if not 2023. It's the album with my Divine husband. I Carlos. Yeah. What was that? Divine timing. Divine timing. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so what do you have behind
0: you, by the way? So our oh. listeners <laughs> don't really see this, see. but.
3: So that picture right there. We'll- yeah. That is a picture that my ex husband Michael drew a charcoal of Prince. Oh, you know, wow. Was a, it was a cropped version of the Welcome to America. Uh, yeah. Cover. It, it looks good. so real. It looks like a photo. I know. His eyes just like pierce uh-huh. at you. It's like he's looking at me every day. <laughs> um, it, oh, those it, eyes. Those yeah, eyes are what he did piercing. In Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. And that's beautiful as well. And then I have the poster that we did when we were in Berlin in July 2010 nice. on tour. And the picture below that is, is the last performance I did with Prince, which a friend of mine actually framed for me. And I didn't even uh-huh. realize it at the time how special it was until uh, he uh, passed. And, and I went, oh, well, my God, that's the last time I was on stage with him. Which ha- date? Ha- that was at the, I think it was the Palladium and I. We had done, a like, a club date. Mm. And that was it. Wow. So, You know, I don't think we have
0: this in our list of questions, but I'm just going to throw this out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) completely out of order, but who cares? (laughs) We're just talking. But, you know, what when you found out about his passing, how was that for you? I mean, I'm sure shocking and
3: I was actually working as a realtor. And I was at my office and I got a call from Shelby, like screaming on the phone. And she's like turn on the news. I, I, somebody, a middle-aged man is, is, is dead at Paisley park. Hmm. And I said, Oh no, Oh no. Oh no. And then I heard her scream. And then they said that it was him. And her mother got on the phone and said, she's too upset. We, I'm going to hang up now. I said, I understand. I, I was in shock. I, I remember it was three days after that a friend of mine had a birthday party in Boulder city in Nevada. And when I drove to Boulder city, there were purple bows all the way up and down the street. Oh. And I was like, everything I did that day, which I found out that the third day was the day they actually cremated him. Oh. So I, all this stuff happened on that day and I kept feeling his presence. I know <clears throat> it's weird, but like, I know it's, it's not weird. That's <laughs> not, not weird. weird. So I parked on the street, (laughs) went into lunch, came out of lunch, and there was a red Corvette next to my car. Oh, of course. Uh, Then I go to, well, at the lunch, I was eating lunch. I had a little heart-shaped chip on my plate, which was kind of odd, but that wasn't even it. There was a picture in the restaurant of a woman that looked like me holding a Canon camera and taking a picture of herself, kind of like the one you've seen of Prince taking a picture of himself. Yeah, someone pointed it out. I didn't even know that the thing was on the wall. But one of the girls said, hey, that picture looks like you. And Mm -hmm. I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, that looks like the Prince picture. But it does look like me. Oh, this is freaking me out. So (laughs) so I went to the car, saw the Corvette, went to pick up my daughter at my in-laws were watching her. They had this like parade going on. And I parked the car, went to pick her up. And she was standing in front of the tangerine stand. Like so I was like, <laughs> OK, odd. there's another sign Then we get to my car, we get in the car. My daughter, who was like five, four or five at the time, maybe six, She she sees the street sign and she goes, Mommy, look, we're on Purple Heart Street.
1: Oh, my God. Oh my and I gosh. was like,
3: oh, and then Raspberry Beret came on <laughs> and then we drive by the Chinese restaurant and it's called Lotus Flower. Oh. and I'm like what's going on yeah. why is this happening I, and mean I, I got so many chills that day and then I found out he was cremated that day and I felt like oh my god he was sending me signs all day it was absolutely but I swear I took pictures of every single thing and I have this little collage and I look at it and I it makes me feel better when I see it but wow yeah well
1: I don't know if you know this, but um, we've had a lot of people on that have known Prince, you know, or worked with him and um, and we're friends with many of people that have worked with him or known him. And Eden um, is a medium and she's actually, we've received a lot of messages from him over the past six, seven years. What? And, um, oh, I just
3: got the yeah. chills. <laughs> um, oh my God. I have been dying to talk to somebody about this stuff, but okay. yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: we totally believe you.
3: Okay. <laughs> It's so, yeah. true.
1: It's real. Just, it just, it's a long story how it came about, but yeah. So, um, and over the years, she has done readings for a lot of the people, you know, not naming names right now, but um, right. that have worked closely with him and um, he's wow. come through, to talk to them and things like that. So yeah. Eden, I need
3: your number. <laughs> I'm serious. I really want to talk to you because there's a lot of stuff in my head that I, I just feel like I need to get out okay you
0: know? yeah we'll do yeah. it
3: All there's right. no right
0: Wow. yes yeah, so, okay well how do we f- go from there to from, from that to this i don't know well you know what first i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask another question it's Just these questions are coming into my head maybe he's, he's coming through and he wants me to okay. ask you these things he <laughs> he I'm, i oh my gosh i'm just gonna say it this way i was about to say he wants to know how you felt about him i just heard Uh-oh. that
3: I loved him with my entire oh. heart. <laughs> he was like he was like so I mean when I was 19 years old or actually I was about 20 uh, and I did my first record with him. We were friends for two good year and a half and <clears throat> it turned into a little more. Oh, those kinds and, of friends. Okay. And yeah, <laughs> But I always felt very intimidated by him because he was a lot older than me. And I thought at that time he was way older than me when you're young, you know. Mm -hmm. And our friendship turned, you know, and I never talked about it because I did not want people even knowing my business like that. And so I kept it quiet. So when it ended and we weren't there anymore, years went by. He called me. He wanted me to come play him some of my music. And I had a boyfriend that was very jealous of Prince mm-hmm. and I couldn't go. And I told him that. And he was upset because he's like, well, I have a girlfriend. Why should that matter? And I'm like, well, because like I, I'm in a bad situation. And that ended up being a situation where I was put into a very awful situation. I was, it was a domestic violence thing. Mm-hmm. So he, it's strange how we kind of connected, but then I couldn't see him and I let it go. And then 20 years later, he just randomly found my YouTube video uh, because I had worked it worked in Vegas and the sound engineer was talking about Paisley Park. And I overheard him and I said, Oh, I used to work there. And he's like, Really? I'll let Prince know that I saw you. And I'm like, Yeah, please do. And he's like, why don't you go to the Rio and say hi? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go there. I I I didn't want to do that.
1: I was at one of those shows.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I would have (laughs) seen (laughs) you. And so I guess he went home and told him because I was working at my daughter's daycare and I got a call from Prince. And he basically said it was like we picked up where we left off. Like Mm -hmm. all these years had passed and we were just laughing and it was like I had never left him. So I think with him and I, like, even when I got back in the band, we never talked about the past. (laughs) We just just went forward and we were like brother and sister. And that's exactly how it was. And I think what I think really what was in his heart was that he trusted me and he didn't trust a lot of people. No, no. And I, I knew that. Because he, when I first joined the band, I think he told Shelby, Liv, and a couple of the other band members, he's like, when you meet Elisa, you're going to meet the most beautiful spirit that mm-hmm. you'll ever meet, right? So that that's a huge compliment. Right. <laughs> over the years, I mean, I was broke. I had no record deal. I had a lot of times where I could have done something to make money off of what I knew and my story. And I just never wanted to do that to him. I just felt yeah like that wasn't something I ever needed to do. And he respected me for that. And I always made him laugh. And I just, I brought something to the picture where Shelby was kind of like the strong, you know, little, you know, she's like a bulldog on stage, and she's like, woo, 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 you know. And Liv is like kind of quiet. And I was just like, hey, <laughs> just the middle, the middle <laughs> filling that kind of brought uh-huh. us all together. And yeah. It, it was a it was a beautiful match, like where he put us together. I just felt like he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh the energies were just perfect, like. Shelby was very strong. Liv was kind of quiet and I was kind of the middle. Like, mm-hmm. It just worked. It so you had worked.
1: You had worked on Graffiti Bridge and Batman and then yep. it was a break. And then yep. you went
3: the NPG. Yep. Later on the road. Much later. Yeah. yeah.
1: But how, How? it's like you guys were meant to be together because again, yeah. Mm-hmm. Life, that, I
3: mean that, you know what I mean? That's amazing. It is. It's amazing. <laughs> it's truly amazing. And when, And when I met him and I told him, he he asked me to join the band. I said, look, I have a daughter. I've never done this with a daughter before touring. And she's three years old. And I'm kind of nervous about saying yes, because I don't want to leave my daughter. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just bring her with you. This is going to be a family affair. I said, "Okay." Mm. Wow. And sure enough, I showed up to rehearsals the very first time I went to Paisley. And he said, where's Olivia? And I went, Mm. I didn't think you were serious. (laughs) And He's like no, next time you bring Olivia. And I'm like, okay. So the next time I brought Olivia and he invited us to dinner and I had to get my nanny to bring Olivia to dinner. And I was like, oh no, how am I going to tell the nanny she's having dinner with Prince? (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. She was so nervous. And I'm like, please don't say anything stupid. Please behave. (laughs) And she she acted so good. I could not believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So we sat we had dinner. Olivia was jumping around. He was getting a kick out of it. And for some reason, I think deep down, because I mean, he said some funny things to me when I was 20, like, you want to move to Japan and be my wife and have my babies? And I'm like, uh, now I have a record deal and I really don't want to have babies right now. Like he'd scare me like that. Yeah. So part of me, cause I was right before my day.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so part of me kind of thinks like, you know, he saw my healthy child. Mm-hmm. What he could have had. And it's kind of sad to say that, but he was, he just wanted her around. And, and he yeah. her energy, so I brought her around as much as I could. Um, he loved her. One time, she was she he actually played guitar and played Twinkle Twinkle, and she sang. Mm. Uh, he had her sing on Shelby's record, uh, North Carolina. Wow! Uh, so she was in the studio at three years old. with him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. And, and then that's her now. So <laughs> yeah, and now she you can't stop her, and he could see in her what the kind of energy my daughter had you know mm-hmm. he could just tell she just was a fireball um <clears throat> but like at fourth of july he was growing his afro out and my daughter was up on the roof and she goes up high and he goes up high and she goes down low and she goes i like your afro oh, ah! <laughs> they tweeted it <laughs> so, That's cute. so just he had such a playful personality that he, he was so much like a kid Uh He just loved kids. And one of the things that happened that made me kind of think all this stuff was when my husband drew that picture and I gave it to him in New York City at Madison Square Garden. I was going to give it to him as a gift. So I had it framed and everything. Uh And when I tried to give it to him, he wouldn't accept it. Wow. And I said, why? And he goes, I don't accept gifts. And he's like, and, and someone had told him that it was a picture of himself. Uh-huh. And he's like, besides, I don't want pictures of myself around hanging up around it. And meanwhile, he's wearing a shirt with his face on it. OK, <laughs> and I... I'm like, seriously, dude? <laughs> like, and that's how I could talk to him.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And he when when I, I was like crying and it was the only time he had ever been kind of cruel to me. Um, he never was mean to me ever. Uh, he's been mean to other people, but not to me. And this one time he handed me the picture and he goes, besides, I don't have a home to hang it in. And I, that hit me like, like a home. maybe yeah. what you, you see that all well, the things I have. I don't have your money. I don't have your fame. But I have a husband and I have a child and I have a home. I think it, he really it, wanted he wanted that more than anything. I think he did it was done by your husband so maybe that was it and that was another thing my husband was from Minnesota (laughs) Mm. so when he found that out he was Uh. questioning other people in the band did she date him when she was with me And like, it it was kind of crazy I was like and then I didn't go that one summer when he started to think that I liked him again and I'm like "I I don't like you again like that I'm married I'm fine I may not be in the best marriage but I'm not gonna do anything and sure enough that was that was the only time that it just, it was weird. You know, it was like a strange uh, thing. And I, I don't know. I, after that, I kind of stayed away a little bit and I, I, but I still felt like mothering to him in a weird way. And I felt like family. So I, when, when all that happened and I found out about the flight I was trying to stop myself from texting him on Twitter because we used to tweet each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually wrote me back and said, I'm fine. Uh, Say your prayers. Controversy. I'm Like, what the heck's that supposed to mean? Mm -hmm. And we had kind of gone back and forth in January because I had sent him pictures of my daughter's birthday party because I wanted to share it. And he started talking to me about Ma'at, which is – uh free like freedom like colors equal equality huh. it was like an egyptian word and he he was kind of upset because of olivia's party there were no black kids and he was kind of getting on my case about it and i'm like oh every time you've ever worked with me you have said to me that i was not white okay <laughs> so you me of all people like really you know, I, and th- and then what's crazy is after he passed, I put my daughter in a school that was very, very across the board, like black, white, you know, diverse. African, very diverse. Mm-hmm. And I I did it, and part of me was like doing that for Prince in a weird way because I felt uh, like wanted me to put my daughter in that school. Yeah, and it was a perform, it was a performing arts school, and she loved it, and it's the best thing I ever did. I, I uh-huh. I'm so glad that I did that. Um, well, and look
1: at now—you're working with Purple Playground, which is a school
3: teaching kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's crazy. Tell, us, tell us about Purple Playground. So Heidi Vader, who was one of Prince's biggest fans, uh, contacted me and asked me if I would do a Zoom call for uh, the kids uh, during COVID because we couldn't do it in person. And so I just went on as a person to help write songs and teach them how to write songs and. Uh, they it just grew from there. Uh, the kids liked me. I loved doing it. <laughs> and now I'm the director of music, one of them, along with Adrian Crutchfield, who was one of the horn players for the MPG. Uh, so last year we actually got together. It's, it was two weeks in Minnesota. We wrote about six songs in like a week and recorded them all um had a really great engineer a guy named bishop came out and he recorded the kids and we worked with them in the studio we we had them perform live we had a gig with adrian and the kids all sat in and sang and played the trumpet and piano so it's like everything prince would have loved you know like getting the kids to be creative getting them to come out of their shells getting them to there was one child in particular who came to the to the purple playground that was very shy and just would sit there and draw. And I'm not going to mention names, but in the beginning, I didn't know how we were going to get through to her. And by the end of it, she was like a totally different person. And her mother was crying, thanking us. And I was just like, wow, this is pretty incredible. This is is deep. You know, it's, it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. And
1: these are kids who are mostly like underprivileged kids. Yeah.
3: I mean, a little bit of everything, not necessarily, you know, underprivileged totally, but most of them are in Minnesota, but some of them came from like Wisconsin. And um, when we did the zoom call, obviously we had people in Europe and all over. So that was cool, but it's a two week program. It's free to the kids and they get to work with us. (laughs) So it's a pretty amazing experience. I wish I would have had it when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And
0: I'm going to back up a little bit. You were on the star search when you were 15. So you kind of, you started young, very young. Was it even before
3: that? Actually I started when I was 11. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah.
3: I was living in Philadelphia and there was a local television show called the Al Albert showcase. And I wanted to be on it. I wanted to be a regular. And so I begged my parents, please let me audition. And I did, I ended up getting on the show and then that led to me doing musical theater and, uh, ended up going to New York and doing commercials and Aquafresh. I did the Hey mom, look at the toothpaste, you know, <laughs> 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 and I did Duncanine's cookie mix. And I was oh, on my a Paris God. wheel like, the voice. <laughs> throwing up from cookies <laughs> overload, <laughs> but, uh, Yeah. So I just got into musical theater and then one thing led to another. I was on Broadway when I was 15. And then when the Broadway show closed, my mom was getting a divorce from my dad, which was my very first song that I ever wrote called Why Do You Have to Leave Me? Mm. And then I moved to California and lived in my uncle's motor home with my mom. And then I got on Star Search and then things just kept just going like I got a record contract. Somebody came to me with a deal. I didn't know what to do. My mom took the, the contract to the producer from the Broadway show, who was a lawyer. She looked at it, said, don't do anything. I'll take it around. And your star search didn't get you a deal. So she got me a deal with Chrysalis and Ron Fair, who was. Oh, the- Ron, I know Ron. that's Stephanie's, oh, you know Ron? Stephanie's uh, husband. Oh, oh my yes, God, I know Ron. Yes, oh, he's the one I'm that signed me to my deal. Nice. And he's the one that signed oh Christine Aguilera. And yeah. And he has my birthday, February twenty eighth. Oh, oh, that's, that's
0: wait, February twenty eighth. That's Skylar's birthday. Who's on here? That's my daughter. She's oh on here gosh. with us right now. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh!
0: I didn't know. Oh my gosh! So yeah, Ron is married to an old friend of ours, okay. and um, you know Stephanie.
3: Uh, I don't know her. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah,
3: yeah, so that's. that's funny. <laughs> oh, why I, he is such a sweet guy. Uh, oh, he's such a yeah. sweet man. Oh, yeah. And he gave me my first break. And, and I was with Chrysalis for a while. And then Chrysalis kind of folded as a label. And then I went to A&M Records and signed there. I did a record and then it never came out. And oh, then I was like yeah, okay. <laughs> so it, it record business was not my friend.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: But it's okay. When it you didn't did stop that... me from being creative, so. Yeah, yeah.
1: When you did that song with Jellybean Benitez, wasn't it? I remember that song and it was I do a too. Like,
3: video on MTV. Oh, right? yeah. Like yes. so how did that Doesn't really matter. Who found who? Literally. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting ride. That was my first real experience with the music business. Uh, Jellybean and I went on the road and we did track dates. And on these track dates, the tracks would play and I would have to sing live to recorded music. Uh And the band were dancers. They weren't really musicians. So... I just thought I was in a circus. Like, I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Like, you, if you get a computer job, you have to know how to run the computer. If mm-hmm. you're in a band, you should be able to play an instrument. But it was it was wow. all the looks. And that turned me off big time. So when I finally got to work with Prince and I saw live musicians and I was like, okay, now this is the way it should have been done.
2: Mm-hmm. I was
3: introduced to it in a very strange way. Um, But I mean, we did Montreux, Switzerland. I did the Switzerland Rock Festival with Jellybean. Oh. And it was tracks with dancers pretending to be band members. Oh, wow. Well. So, yeah. So, when I finally got to do Montreux with Prince, now that was amazing because that yeah. was like Ella Fitzgerald was on that stage, and I was just so in heaven. I was so happy to be there. Wow. wow. And well, then you did. Girl. Go ahead. I was going to
0: say something about Batman and Graffiti Bridge. Yes. Um, So you you really surpassed all those other things that didn't work out. I mean, that was big.
3: Yeah, and and that just happened. That was Batman actually happened right when I met Prince. Like he came in the studio. I was working with David Z, and he Bobby. Did, do you with, mean Bobby? I met Bobby. Yeah. Okay. I Bobby. No, uh, I thought you meant. He, did you mean?
0: Is there a David? No, Z? no, no. There's a his David. his
3: brother? Z. Yes, that's his brother. He produced uh, The Fine Young Cannibals, Jody Watley, The Jets. Yes. Chrysalis sent me to Minnesota to work with him. Prince was probably on the road because I didn't see him for like three to five months that I was working on my record. So when he came home, he came into the studio. He's like, who's in my studio? (laughs) And he didn't believe it was me singing because he's like, little white girl, really? Is that you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I said, yeah, that's me. And I was Little bit, you know, Italian, and uh, <laughs> I walked in. He told me to sing, and then he said, "Meet me in Studio B. I want you to sing on something." So I went into B, and he had Batman. He was doing Party Man the remix, uh-huh. and he wanted me to breathe. And I'm like, "What do you mean breathe?" I <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> "I sing," and he's like, "No, just do this." <laughs> and so I did, and that's on the record. That's and, you. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, so that that's what I did on Batman. Oh, wow. And then after that, that's when Graffiti Bridge, he was working on that while I was there recording. And uh, he, I guess, I never knew this, but I guess Jill had sung Love Machine. Okay. And then he took her off and put me on. And I uh, never knew this, didn't know this, until much later. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then and then she had to lip sing to me. <laughs> that's not really right. Oh, uh, That was definitely oh. a so pretty movie. So she got the credit. No, I got the credit on the album, says Elisa. But in the movie, she's singing uh. to, she's lipping to my voice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of sad because she's a singer and I don't get that. But yeah. That's but you Prince. can get me on it. <laughs> so. yeah. uh, and what about Diamonds and Pearls? What songs were you on? Diamonds and Pearls, he took me to, I went to London to visit him and watch a show in Ireland that I watched backstage with The Edge from U2, um, and I'll never forget that that day, because he had me put makeup on his back uh, huh. before he we went on. I know, strange, isn't it? <laughs> Did he have back <laughs> Yes, he did. Old okay, back, old back knee. Oh, uh, like scars. Saying that, oh my god, he
0: had scars then he from had it.
3: Scars, oh. and so he had it, the back was all open with his little gold things on his hips, and so he had me put on stuff to cover that. And then after the show, he's like, "What'd you think?" And I'm like, "It was amazing." Like, well, you know that, and he's like, "No, but I don't ever hear it from people I respect." What did you oh. think? That's wow.
0: That's and I pretty said, special.
3: Your pitch is insane. Your every move you do is so like perfect. Like, and then I noticed, like in the hotel room, he would watch back the videos. His uh-huh. hairdresser, the guy, I forget his name, but he used to do his hair, put the rollers in. I saw that too. <laughs> and then huh. um he would sit there and watch his performances back. And I, when we were with him in two thousand nine to. You know, 2014 is when I stopped. Every show, we'd we'd have to sit and watch with Prince uh-huh. Uh-huh. after, like, to critique. Oh yeah, mm. to fix. But I, well, I think my what was my point. Uh, I was something. <laughs> oh, was I wrong. said
1: when you did the album Diamonds and Pearls what? Oh, songs? what songs
3: did I sing? Okay, yeah. So it was that trip that I had gone to Ireland that we went back to London and he was recording and he threw me in the studio with Rosie and everybody. And I sang oh. daddy pop and I sang walk on this side of the street. Don't talk to the people you meet. So it's me going. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> la, 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 and I'm catching the now just walk in. So that little cute little hook of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her sure so- it's amazing. Yeah. I saw I saw that you um do Barbara Streisand sometimes, right? Oh yeah. Well, I don't, I don't well, what's funny is amazing. my friend Kelly Clinton, she's a a very funny. She's like Lucille Ball. She gets me to do these skits. <laughs> so, I do sing Barbara, but I don't try to sound like Barbara, but I I grew up singing Barbara Streisand, so I can sound like her a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she we got a nose and we got the whole the wig and the whole thing. And so she puts on a Neil Diamond outfit. I put on a Barbara and just for fun, we, we oh, that. that's <laughs> fun. Can
0: can we hear some of that?
3: Oh my god. Let's see. What what song do I? Uh you and I will make each night of first. Every day can oh, beginning. Anyway, wow!
1: <laughs> I know my my daughter that is in theater. That's her number one favorite. So she oh, has, yes. is like
3: just like saying like so. I love yeah, it. I love it. <laughs> and and it's crazy out in Vegas. There's a lot of a lot of the people that go to the shows are the older people. So I I have a liking for older people. I just love them. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. and. I do a lot of those shows because that's those are the people to pay for the seats to come hear you sing and they're such a respectable audience they sit, they listen they're not talking they're not drinking they're not carrying on they're actually happy to hear that great music so mm. you know people have said to me, why are you singing for all the old people I'm like because the old people listen <laughs> and they appreciate it so why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. good point. Well, so we're going to change
0: gears for a minute, and you've been through something pretty devastating in your life, Mm -hmm. and we talk about these types of things on our show because we want to be able to help other people, let people know that they're not alone going through things like this. Do you mind sharing (laughs) some of that? Well, I've been through a couple devastating
3: things in my life. Uh,
0: Which one? (laughs)
3: Let's
0: see. The one we talked about in the beginning, but if that's whatever it is that you want to share.
3: Yeah. I've um, had two things, two major things that, you know, now that I have a 16 year old daughter, I think it's important to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I right after Prince, I dated a man that was very jealous and very insecure. And I was basically stuck in a relationship where he alienated me from my family. He upset them. Da da So I was stuck in this thing. And, I <clears throat> ended up getting to the point where he had a knife to my throat. Mm. And I didn't know what to do. I couldn't say I love you stop because he wouldn't believe me. I couldn't say go ahead and do it because then he might. Mm. And I was I was never so vulnerable and in that kind of a position in my entire life and I didn't think I deserved it, but somehow I ended up there. And I went I got out and left that situation and worked on building my self-esteem up after that and i wrote a song called what good is love that Mm. i put on youtube that is just beautiful about getting through it Um, in the bridge it says i sit and wonder if it's going to change then something tells me that it's time to go i've Mm -hmm. done all i can do but still Mm. there's pain There's not a moment that goes by that I don't think of you because I still do. And it's not in a good way. Like, I Uh, love that line because I still think of him. But it's it's the it's the innocence he took away from me that I'll never forget, you know. Mm -hmm. So going through that was a big deal. Um, And then my marriage, I was married 17 years and started off great. Then I had a baby. And he was kind of jealous of the relationship that I had with my daughter. Uh, Didn't have enough attention, you know, Mm. men do that sometimes, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, Then I started taking care of my father again, taking attention away from him. Mm. Uh, He wasn't happy with his job, he was a Marine, so he had a little PTSD. And he had threatened to kill himself once and we talked him off that and told him to call the the hotline and he did and he did not kill himself, which was great that year. But then roll forward three years ago, he had he was starting to get very jealous of me being on tour. Uh, Anybody that I talked to that was a male, I was questioned left and right, you know, and I'd wake up in the morning and he'd be over me like, did you do this? Did you do that? So it got crazy. It spiraled. Uh So we went one day, I woke up in the morning and he had called, he had said that he was going to the gym and we were fighting on text and he texted me halfway through the conversation and said, don't worry about it. In about 10 minutes, I'm going to die of carbon monoxide. Oh, and I realized, oh, God, he's in the garage. So I went in the garage. It was filled with carbon monoxide. I opened the door, let it out. He was frustrated that he couldn't, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah. And my daughter's piano recital was that day. And I said, You can't be doing this on our piano recital day. What's wrong with you? You know, like, I'm calling your mother. I called his mother and she's like, Call the cops. I'm like, No, I'm not going to call the cops. I in hindsight, I should have called the cops. Um, so he went to the recital, but before he went to the recital, my daughter asked him, you know, are you going to go to my recital? And he said, that depends if I'm not dead yet. Oh gosh. To my daughter, mm. she was 13. So then we get to the recital. He shows up after we get home, we get home, we start fighting again. We went to the garage cause I didn't want to fight. And he, I cried and I said, look, let's just get through this. I love you. I don't want you to Worry about me, da da, da da. Hugged him, told him I loved him, went inside, came back out, and he had a rope on his arm and had strangled himself in the garage. And oh I saw him with his eyes open and I thought, is he kidding with me? Is he messing around? I went over, he was blue. Mm. I tried to get the rope off, couldn't even budge, started screaming, ran in the house, got scissors. Of course, when I was screaming, my daughter runs out, sees what happened. I cut the rope off. I brought him back to life. Oh! And then nine one one came, the the paramedics, and they took him to the hospital, and they froze his body to try to save whatever was left. And five days later, they said he was pretty much gone, Mm -hmm. and there was nothing else we could do. And I said, "Oh my gosh." I had to make a decision and I decided that I guess that was it. And so from that, of course, I was a mess and Mm -hmm. my daughter wasn't crying and I was like, why isn't she upset? Like what's going on? And she's like, I can't be upset because you're upset. Mm -hmm. We started going to therapy and I allowed her to be upset and I kept it in and dealt with it on my own. And three years of therapy and about, let's say about a six months into it, I decided I'm going out and I'm going to continue to live my life because if I keep, if I go down the other road of just being sad and miserable, that's not doing nothing for my child. And I have to just pick my life up and start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a friend of mine who I've been friends with for 15 years and never felt uncomfortable around, never felt like he was ever hitting on me, just always trusted him as a friend. I said, will you go to an art gallery with me? This Mm -hmm. thing they invited me to. I don't want to go alone. He's like, sure, I'll go. So we went. It was innocent. And then we went to dinner and then he buttered my bread. (laughs) And I was (laughs) like, it turned you on (laughs) (laughs) was like monumental that. (laughs) And I thought, wow something so little could mean so much to me because mm-hmm. no one ever did that for me. Yeah. Aww. And we just start, I said to him that night, I go, can we do this again? <laughs> uh-huh. so I was pushing it and he's like, no, 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 no. Let's slow this down. I don't want your daughter. You know, I don't want to push myself on your daughter. So let's just take this slow. And it was my daughter that kept saying, when's Carlos coming over? When when mm-hmm. can he come back? Uh-huh. She wanted to feel the safety of having a man in the house. And I didn't mind being treated nice because I had been a long time since I'd been treated nice. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my then he kind of came into the picture and we got a house and then we got engaged and then. He helped me with my dad at the end of his life, which was a monumental thing. I mean, to have some grown man taking care of your father who needs help in every way. Wow. Um, that says a lot about that man. And yeah. So he, my dad passed away uh, two years ago today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. Wow. And oh. last October we got married <laughs> and, uh, and I'm happier than I've ever been. I You I seem
1: very happy.
3: I am very happy. <laughs> and my daughter's very happy.
1: And the Thank two God. of them are like Aww. peas in the pod.
3: And it's just, it's it's weird too, because out of all the people my husband questioned me cheating with or being with, he never once asked about Carlos. So I... <laughs> I felt like this whole thing. He manifested it. Oh, yeah. My it's, life. Yeah. Divine intervention. Yeah. wow. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and he's a bass player and I love bass players. <laughs> and we write music together. Oh, and it's just beautiful. Just, so you are you guys have the album coming out yeah. together, right? Yes. <clears throat> so I was gonna call it Eleven Eleven because I huh. always see Eleven Eleven and Angels. Know right. That. that, but but I wrote a song called "She Was the Reason" about Michael leaving my daughter and how this whole thing, like she was the reason for us being married. She was the reason for us staying together. Hmm. She's gonna be the reason for the rest of my life and I'll always take care of her and Aww. so he thinks I should call the, the album The Reason and I and all the songs that we wrote was it was all during covid <clears throat> and it was all like ways to get through a lot of the stuff that I had been going through and when I sing it it's kind of crazy I did two performances here at this uh, in Vegas at the Smith Center there's a place they they have an event called the Composer Showcase and they feature all the songwriters in town to do their original music, which is so awesome. And the two times that I've sung. It it seems to to relate to 30 and above, you know, like Mm -hmm. women that have been through stuff. (laughs) So I think the album is going to be a very helpful album to a lot of people. Um, That's that's why I have even if it doesn't sell a million copies, somebody's going to hear it and get, it'll get in the right hand. Yeah. Yeah. You never know.
1: You never know what's going to look at all the magic and miracles. You, although you've had a lot of challenges and tragedies, you've had a Mm -hmm. lot of magical miracles that are fascinating, you know? Mm -hmm. And and so I am excited for you and um, I, I love how you are just so spirited and you're such an open-hearted, real person. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like what you see is what you get. And that's what we, both of us are totally like that. Like no uh, ego, no pretend, no. Yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and that's a bold, brave thing. Cause most people oh, yeah. are so caught up in. So guarded. Or Yeah. And so it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work and therapy and healing. <laughs> the and therapy. <laughs> and it, you know, divine connection and all of that to yes. get to that place. So we see
3: you. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Because it's never been about money. <laughs> it has never been about money. And that's where I think Prince and I had that same idea. Like, after he passed, <clears throat> I made some comments that I probably regret. But knowing me, I'm just open mouth. I can't help it when I feel something strongly. But I was so angry at people putting stuff out and doing stuff so soon. I thought... God, people have some respect for his life. Let it let it be for a minute before you start making money off of it. Like mm-hmm. that bugged me a lot. Yeah. yeah. and I to this day, it's like uh, this purple playground thing does not make me a lot of money, but it gives me more than any money could ever give me. It gives me. Yeah, it's these priceless. Kids is turning into like really positive kids. Um, so yeah. He's come through a long time
1: ago, even I don't even know if you remember, but years ago, he came through saying he wanted a school of rock. Yeah, I remember
0: that. And like, yeah,
1: to talk to like Wendy and Lisa about opening up a school or something like came through back then. And I have it somewhere in my notes, but he wanted it.
3: Wow. Yeah. Touching
0: kids uh, with music. That was important to him. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So,
1: um, but we have to wrap up, which I think, I feel like we could talk to you. We want you to come back. Okay, we'll come back. (laughs) Um, Because there's just so much, and it just worked out so amazing that we didn't even plan it to release on the week of Prince's birthday, but it's working Mm -hmm. out that it is going to be out. Um, So happy birthday, Prince. And uh, you're truly honoring his legacy. And um, so many people love hearing all these, you know, true stories and, you know your experiences you got to have in your life as well. And um, can you tell everyone where we can find you and follow you and all of that?
3: So I'm on Instagram, and I don't know why, but my name wasn't available. So I had to add a one after it. So it's (laughs) Elisa Fiorello one. That's my Instagram. And I do have a website, It's just www.elisafiorillo.com. And Hopefully we'll get this thing recorded because I think it, that everybody will love what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Just to hear the,
0: the meaning behind the songs. Oh, it yeah. just, it just makes me want to listen to them. I
3: can't wait to hear them. <laughs> uh, and I'm thanks. serious. I want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. We'll, we'll we will.
1: for a minute after and talk. Um, yeah. Thank you okay. everybody for listening. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at TalkPurposeAndTruth.com and follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.